Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is sponsored by Big Ben Desserts and Charlene's Home Cooking. Today we have another very special guest with us today. He's known me for over half of my life now, which is crazy feeling, but he is a uh, assist, associate head coach and an offense coordinator of the Union County Yellow Jackets, Coach Brian Robinson. Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great, Carlos. I appreciate you having me. Yes, sir. I always remember you always telling us, you know, when we were young men growing up, you said if there's anything we ever need, we can always reach out to you. So a couple of weeks ago, I reached out to you and said, hey, Coach, um, I would love for you to come on and, you know, share your journey. Um, and you were just like, you, you told me you were on vacation. So I was like, it's no rush at all. I definitely didn't want to do it over Zoom. I love, you know, having like face-to-face interactions. Um, and it's so special for me, man, because honestly, Coach, you know, me growing up, I was kind of like the shy, quiet kid in class. So for me to, you know, have a platform where I'm actually, you know, finally speaking to people, you know, listening to other people's journey, having these conversations, it's kind of surprising for me because I honestly never saw myself like doing something like this. But once, you know, I got to college and, you know, I got into the broadcasting field, it kind of made me fall in love with it, you know, hearing people's journey. So to have you on is definitely an honor and a privilege for me. So thank you for taking the time. Absolutely. I appreciate it. And this is, you know, kind of why I do what I do, you know, to teach and coach, to, you know, be able to see the, the students and, and players because you played for me in yes, basketball sir. as well yes, you, and a little bit of football too to see you guys grow up and become successful. And, and like you said, I remember when you were a young kid, my, you were actually a student in my class my very, very first year of teaching. You were in the seventh grade. Jonesville, yep. That's right, at Jonesville uh, High School, which was seventh through eighth at the time. And uh, your older brother Joe was the year uh, in the class ahead of you. Mm-hmm. And I uh, had both you guys, both great young men. But Joe was a little more of a talker, whereas, yeah, like you was. said, Joe, I didn't think I'd ever get you to say anything. Yeah. And uh, now here you are. So it's extremely, you know, proud. I'm extremely proud of you to see what you're doing and, and the success that you're having and glad to be a part of it. Yes, sir. Is it is it surprising to you, you know, just looking back now, to just see how, like I said, you I was 12, 13 at the time. And now I'm just telling my age, I'm 31 now. Right. So isn't it crazy to see, like, how much time has passed by since then and you know when you're when you're young you don't really think about that in that moment you just think oh they just you know when people tell you that you're like oh they just trying to be hard on us and and you know why are they trying to give us these life lessons but now when you look back you're like man time really does fly by that's exactly right i remember being your age and hearing coaches and teachers and parents and grandparents and just people that i knew uh, it's gonna go quick it's gonna go quick and and just now you know being here with you hearing you say that and then yesterday I, I saw my wife and I, uh, well, it wasn't yesterday, it was earlier, later than last week, saw a couple of guys that played for us. And being still at the same place that I, I coached at for so long, that I said, God, how long have you been out of school? He's like, Coach, I graduated in 2009. I was like, holy moly, because yeah. I thought he graduated like 2005 yeah. <laughs> like yeah. years ago, and that's been over 10 years ago. So it's amazing, and it does. And, and I say it all the time now as being one of the – older guys because when you came on and when I came there and going through school I was brand new straight yeah. out of college I was 23 years old and now I'll be uh, I'll be 43 at the end of this month okay and so I just finished up my 20th year teaching and coaching and uh time just moving on I got to tell you this as well coach Robinson when I posted it this morning um that you were going to be on we had a lot of uh former athletes former students once they saw that I posted it and saw that you were coming on a lot of them said man I'm I'm definitely going to tune in to this <laughs> I just want to see what coach has to say how does that make you feel when to know that you've touched so many young lives like that to where they, they love you and they appreciate everything you've done for them, to know that they want to come on and hear your story? Yeah, it, makes, it makes me very proud um, of what I've been trying to accomplish with my career. 
um, and to know that I still have a little bit of an impact on some of these folks. And believe it or not, I saw a few of those as I was kind of getting ready to come up here, just checking my phone here and there. And then some of them are, are kids that all the time, like when we were in my class or something like that at school, we always didn't see eye to eye. And But to know and seeing them now as adults and past it now that they understood where I was coming from and had that amount of respect and, mm-hmm. and we have a great relationship and all that kind of stuff, that's really neat too. Yeah, because like I said, when, when we're young like that, we don't really understand. We always think co- coaches or teachers are just mean to us. Like they always want to give us a hard time, but it's really to prepare you for the real world because – so many things that like out here, like when you, you have to be disciplined when you go to a job, you have to be on time, you need to be professional, be respectful and all these things. So, but when you're young like that, you just think you're gonna stay young forever, you're gonna live forever and you're just invincible. So that's why I think it means so much to a lot of, uh, a lot of your students and a lot of athletes now to wanna hear your story. So yeah, like right. I said, thank you again, coach. Yes, sir. So you got your Union County gear on. I know you said uh, y'all had a week or so where y'all had like a dead week or That's something. That's right. July the 4th week, the high school league here in the state of South Carolina uh, gives all the players off, can't do any work mm-hmm. or anything like that, which has been something that's been a welcome change over the last three or four or five years um, that everybody needs to take a step back and take a break. And, mm-hmm. and it's it's really – it's a go-go-go go atmosphere now, even more so when you guys came through, that it's, it's a it's – a, almost a year-round process when right. we play high school athletics now. And, and it's fine because it keeps kids active. But, mm-hmm. you know, to have that break, to be able to go do things and all that kind of stuff, and, and it's been really good, especially giving kids a chance to go be kids right. and enjoy themselves during that break. So Absolutely. It's like I say, it's almost like a, a full-time grind. So, but for you, how, how do you prepare yourself mentally? I think you said this is going to be your 20th year teaching be, and coaching? This will be 21. 21? up 20, yep. So, how do you prepare yourself, like, mentally, like, for another uh, year of coaching and for teaching? Right. Well, and that's one of the things that I kind of take pride in, too, that I consider myself a teacher first. Mm-hmm. And I've heard this before, and I fully agree with it, older I've gotten in the profession, that some of your best, if not your best coaches, are really, really good teachers. And I've always, because I wanted to be a teacher, and and – that was kind of instilled in me from my family. My dad and my grandfathers both were very in, inter, in, um, interested in history and all that stuff. So that's kind of what I went down that route. Like everybody okay. thinks, oh, well, my social studies teacher, my history teacher is going to be a coach, and we're not going to do anything but watch movies and do worksheets sure. <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, you know, I take pride in the fact that that you know I have had the opportunity to teach some really good students, really good classes. And you know, I'm not one. I'm, I try to stay as humble as I can. But you know, to be a couple of things, that I'm very proud of in my teaching career was in 2018, uh, the 2019 graduating class that dedicated a yearbook to me in high school. Mm. So that was very special. And then in 2020, um, I was named a teacher of the year at the high school, Union County High School. So, you know, like I said, I, it's something that I feel that I'm doing a good job because I've been recognized by the students at different times and also by the teachers in my building. And, you know, getting ready for it every new year, I'm, I'm, very, I'm a creature of habit and a creature of routine. Mm-hmm. And if there's one of the things that I could tell you that was definitely a, a positive in a very difficult time that COVID was, mm-hmm. I'm not somebody that's going to stay at home. Right. <laughs> it was rough. And to not be able to get out there and have those workouts and see my students and to not be able to get out much during that summer because it was such a up-in-the-air situation, it just made me appreciate even more the opportunity that I have to, to get into it and work with these kids and stuff like that. I don't – consider it a grind I consider this just my my thing it's I mean my purpose is what I do it's all I've been doing it for for 20 years now and I don't know what I would do without it because I hear a lot of people say well you getting to you getting to the end you know you don't have me left and all that stuff I mean 
I can't see me stopping anytime soon, like right. in the next seven or eight years. Absolutely. So let, let's get into like your, a little bit of your backstory as well. So you're, you're born and raised in Union? That's correct. Okay, how, how would you describe like your childhood growing up? My childhood was, was a typical working class family. Uh, both sets of my grandparents were from Union. Once my, my dad's side was from Buffalo. Okay. Um, and my, my grandfather, my mom's side, um, was, was from Union. Uh, but had roots in Buffalo and other parts and stuff like that. And we come from just working class textile mill families. Um, and I take a lot of pride in that. And I try to ingrain that in my class that, you know, these are folks that, mm-hmm. that just work for a living and took pride in it and things like that. But, you know, going through school and all that kind of stuff, it was, you know, your typical small town, all that stuff. And I, I was an athlete, uh, but going through school, I was really supported by my parents and my grandparents and really drove me. Uh, to be as successful as I could. Um, and as I got into high school and played athletics, football, baseball a little bit, football's my thing, I was really impacted by three men that really kind of helped lead me to where I am now uh, in terms of my professional career in the coaching field. One was Coach Shell Dula, which if anybody knows high school athletics in the state of South Carolina, has been one of the most successful head coaches in this state. Okay. Uh, won in state championships at 96, uh, Union, and at Greenwood. Uh, Coach okay. Mike Anthony came in. I was very fortunate that I was able to play for Coach Dula and for Coach Anthony, two of the mm-hmm. most successful coaches in Union County's history. Uh, he was, uh, I was his, uh, his first year there, it was my senior year. So I went through that transition. Right. Um, and it wound up being great. Coach Anthony is, is one of my you know, mentors that I look up to a lot. As countless players for Coach Anthony and Coach Dula as well. And then Coach Tim Harrison. Coach Harrison was my offensive line coach coming through school. And Coach Harrison – had a great impact on me, and that really kind of instilled into me that drive. Say, all right, I know I want to teach, but this coaching thing might be, might be pretty mm-hmm. awesome as well. So, uh, had an opportunity as a player. I was a pretty good player in high school to go play some some sports in college. But I decided that at the time that you know I'd run, run its course, want to go to school and get that going, and mm-hmm. uh, you know start my career. And yeah, so that's what I was going to ask you. you. Know, knowing you say you played football and baseball, and football was your thing. Was it ever? a goal for you it was like one of your dreams like growing up or or somewhere through your journey that was it ever a goal for you to like try to make it to the NFL? Not really. I just I'm the type of person that I guess I kind of take it in the moment if you would. Mm-hmm. I have goals and you know have things that I want to accomplish but I you know I, I'm really really a homebody type of guy. Uh, mm-hmm. When I started my collegiate career I went as a student at the University of South Carolina Columbia. Okay. Um, and I enjoyed being there, but it was just – I liked the school and all that stuff. I just didn't like living in Columbia. I like going to Columbia and all that stuff. I'm more of a small-town kind of guy and all right. that stuff. And so one of the best decisions I made at that time was, you know, come back home and finish up at Upstate, uh, which at the time, to my age a little bit, was USC Spartanburg yeah. <laughs> when I finished. And, uh, you know, just having those dreams. And my, my kind of dream athletically, I enjoyed playing at home with my friends and for my family to see and all that stuff. Looking back on it sometimes now as a coach and a professional, would I have liked to have maybe been a little more dedicated to pursue that collegiate dream to go play at college? With some opportunities that I had, yeah. Uh, but, you mm-hmm. know, I think in the, in the long run, I made the best decision. Mm-hmm. You you have a, a younger sibling, like a younger sister, correct? I have a younger brother and a younger, a younger sister. Brother, okay. yes. So you're the oldest? I am. Okay. Was it kind of like being the oldest, did it kind of like force you to like knowing now that you're like a leader of young men that, you know, being the oldest of your siblings, did that kind of like put you in that role as well of like being a, a leader? A little bit, yeah, um, because 
my sister and I are very, very close. And my brother and I are very, very close. But my brother and I, we're like brothers, or supposed to be. We're f- almost four years apart. Right. And his name's Brett. He has a great family. They live up in Powdersville. Um, and he has two children. And my sister is almost like my daughter because she's almost eight years younger than I am. Okay. And so just trying to be a good example and things like that for them. And I'm very proud of them because both my brother and my sister are doing very, very well for themselves in their careers uh, with, with kids and great families and all that good stuff. So it, it did kind of drive my leadership qualities, I suppose, a little mm-hmm. bit in that role. What would you say was some of those lessons? Um, I think you kind of alluded to it earlier with your, your parents and your grandparents. Well, like, what were some of those lessons that they instilled in you at a young age that you still you know, carry with you today? My grandfather on my mother's side, his, his name was Al Smith. A lot of people in the union community know him from the Smith Jewelry Store for a long time. He and my grandmother lived. Uh, they owned that business. And my grandfather uh, went to college at Walford and graduated in 1951. And he tells, used to tell a story when he's still alive that uh, how he got back and forth to school, he hitchhiked a lot of times to get from mm. Union of Spartanburg. And so it's just different times. Uh, but to know the dedication that he had, he went to work every day. Um, at six o'clock in the morning and would stay, you know, until the, the business closed and, and six thirty, seven o'clock, um, and worked until his health prevented him from doing it up until he was about 85 or 86 years old. And just knowing that dedication to his career as something that he was running and was a part of um, and to his family. My grandfather on my dad's side uh, was an Army veteran in Korea and served in Korea and came back home and married and worked in mills and different places, but just to see and hear some of the stories of talking about going to work at two o'clock, I mean, going to work on the second shift at night and coming in and, you know, all that kind of stuff. That that really drove me, my mom and dad both, uh, my mom especially, um, just working extremely hard to provide for myself and my, mm-hmm. my siblings, um, you know, and putting us before a lot of the things, you know, in front of herself. Right. And that really, really drove me to you know, try to instill that work ethic and stuff like that. You know, and mm-hmm. my dad going anytime I need something, you know, give him, you know, call, hey, dad, can you help me with this? And you know, he said, yes, sir, I'll be over there. And just stuff like that. That's that's always been real special to me, and just to try to make them proud. You know, wow. those and grandmothers too. You know, because they're a huge part of that as well. Absolutely. So you know, going through college, uh, you said that you. Your your parents and your grandparents were kind of like history buffs, and you said that's what kind of wanted made you want to be a, a history teacher yeah, as well. That's right. Was it? It wasn't. It was like no doubt in your mind that you were just gonna go ahead and go like the route of like teaching history. Yep. That I kind of made that decision when I was about in the ninth grade, uh, mm-hmm. honestly. And I'm one of the exceptions to that rule because lots of times people change ideas, career, this side another. My, my oldest son, he's told me several different things that he wants to do. I was like, buddy, you, you roll with it, whatever you feel. But, mm-hmm. but that was just my thing, because like I said, both of my grandfathers, my dad, and I was I like to read a little bit too, so we could kind of right. carry on conversations a little bit about it. And I just, it's just, my, my thing was find your thing. What do you like? And that's mm-hmm. my thing. And if you, if you like history and you want to do something with it as a career, you're either going to be like a historian somewhere, write books, mm-hmm. or you're going to be a teacher in a lot of cases. And I'm sure there's other things that people do with it, but that's just always what I wanted to do. So right right after, you know, trans- going to Columbia, transferring and finishing up at Upstate, um, you say your first job was in Jonesville. Did you already know that you wanted to just stay close to home, or was it 
did you ever have think thoughts of like going somewhere anywhere else? Well, at the end of the day, I was looking for a job. I was a high school, mm -hmm. I mean, a college graduate. Um, that uh, my wife and I had been dating for a couple of years at the time, and uh, we had gotten engaged, and I needed a job, right. and I was hoping to stay at home. But you know, at that particular time in the education system, they were it was extremely difficult to find teaching jobs. Um, we had three high schools in Union County, and. I was fortunate to be able to get an opportunity at Union County Schools in a long-term substitute situation at our alternative school. And it was like English. And you know, I'm at the alternative school, fresh out of college, going and, and trying to work with these kids in English. And it paid off because of like to stay in, and you probably heard it before, kind of get your foot in the door a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate too at the time because I could do my student teaching at Union County when I was finishing up. So I was able to kind of get, make some connections. And, and when I did my student teaching, a lot of the teachers that I had in high school were still there and some administrators. So that helped some too. But I wanted to be at home because, you know, that's my thing, sort of, I suppose. Uh, but I was very fortunate that kind of that summer, an opportunity at Jonesville High School came open as a teacher, a social studies teacher who took a job somewhere else and interviewed and, and, and was able to get that job and also coach. And, you know, I kind of leads me a little bit to the next part with Coach David Lipsy. And I know you know Coach Lipsy yep, very well. Yep. Uh, without Coach David Lipsy, I wouldn't be right here because Coach Lipsy knew me a little bit because um, the teacher that I was doing a long-term sub for was actually his wife at the time mm. that uh, was pregnant with their son, Jordan. And okay. so we kind of made a little connection, and that job came open, and I went up and interviewed uh, for the social studies job, and then I talked to Coach Lipsy. And he's like, well, you know, I don't really have a supplement, or you know, a position for you right now that I could pay you. I said, well, coach, I'm, if I have an opportunity to get this job, you know, I want to coach football. I said, I, I'll do whatever I can to help. Meaning he didn't have an opportunity to pay you as a coach? As a coach, you, yeah. You, you, okay, so you So this was, was even before, like, the, the job, the teaching situation, I got offered that job. I said, but if I get an opportunity to be a teacher, I'd like to coach. He said, well, if I have an opportunity, we'll talk. And so once I was um, approved and, you know, all that good stuff as a teacher, part of it was I was going to coach JV basketball. Mm -hmm. and, I, yep. and I coached JV softball at the time. And then so I was going to coach football, Coach Lipsy. And he's like, well, right now we don't have a supplement for you. Okay. And I said, well, Coach, I'll help out and do whatever I can. And that, that just, just kind of been my thing, you know. If something needs to be done or, or I want to do something, I'm going to go do it. Mm -hmm. And without Coach Lipsy giving me the opportunity, because, I mean, I played high school football, and I was a good player, but I didn't have all this stuff and resumes and backgrounds of playing college here and that and other. I just want to help. Right. And he saw something in me and gave me an opportunity, and here I still sit without him. I, I want to let you talk talk about it as well, because I've, I've gone through that before, um, you know, getting an opportunity in college, you know, cover pro uh, professional sports like the Hornets and the Panthers and different um, – sporting events as an intern, and I, I didn't get a chance to get paid, but I didn't care about being paid. I just wanted that opportunity. So Coach Lipsy tells you, hey, we don't have a supplement for you, but you're still willing to you know, help out any at any convenience. Talk to the students or anybody watching this interview about the importance of you know taking the opportunity without anything being guaranteed to you in terms of like a paycheck or anything. Absolutely. I mean, and, and in a society today, a lot of times it's like it's, a lot of people won't do that for whatever exactly. reason. Mm -hmm. And that's I think that's kind of what you're alluding to. I didn't even think twice about it, to be honest with you, right. because I knew eventually if I wanted to do this as a career, you know, I, to be honest, I didn't want to be a basketball coach. 
Never played basketball. Mm-hmm. I like basketball. I don't want to be a basketball coach. And we didn't even think about that at the time. We just wanted well, to. You didn't know no better. <laughs> <laughs> we just, I, I, I faked it good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, 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 I'm not a softball coach, you know, but that was one of the things that I needed to do to have the opportunity to get to where I wanted to be. And to be honest with you, Carlos, I enjoyed coaching basketball. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we learned together and had a lot of fun and wound up putting together a pretty good team. Mm-hmm. I, I, Coach Hickson, you remember Coach Hickson, yep. of course. Coach Hickson. I still, Coach Hickson still gives me a hard time about, you know, I need a JV coach. I know the, the winning, one of the ones with the most winning record. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh. I say, well, buddy, I promise you it wasn't because of me. It was because <laughs> I had some good players. And uh, but you know just to do that and say this I want I want to be a football coach I want to have an opportunity and he's gonna just you know Coach Lipsy, who was a tremendous coach and, and is an even better person and a, and a better friend mm-hmm. gave me that opportunity and if I need you know I'll coach basketball but at the end of the day you're in there working with students you know and it's time it's a lot of time but that's part of it that's what we sign up for that's what we do it for mm-hmm. um, and so that that really gave me an opportunity to get my foot in the door. And I tell you, those are those four years that we were together at Jonesville were great. And Coach Hickson and Coach Lipsy and myself and Coach Dennis Cooper, I know you remember Coach Cooper mm-hmm. as well, um, we still talk a good bit and how we, we talk about how much we enjoyed working there together. And, and we really did. We had a really good time. Yeah, it was some great times. And I was going to ask you to talk about it. You know, you went to, to Union High School, but then your first job was at Jonesville. Talk a little bit about, like, Jonesville, what it meant to you, because, you know, we talk about it all the time amongst ourselves. Like, man, we had a great time. You know, it was like a family environment. Everybody knew everybody. Even though it was 7th through 12th grade, we had those close-knit classrooms and um, group of friends, but everybody knew everybody. And uh, I just love those, you know, those Friday night light football games. You got basketball, the Union Jonesville basketball game. We oh, were just yeah, that talking was about that. Yeah. That was so talk about that coming to Jonesville and like the overall experience for you. I was welcomed in, you know, with open arms. And that's one of the things that I appreciated the most mm-hmm. about it. I had the opportunity at Jonesville High School to work with some wonderful people that are still great friends that I have today that I see quite often. And that small town atmosphere and, and, you know, in Union, it's not dissimilar like that. It's just at a bigger scale. Yes. But like you said, in Jonesville, it, it's it's right there. It's mm-hmm. all together. And one of the, I tell you, you'll, you'll enjoy this. One of the things that was strange to me coming in and playing for Coach Dillo, Coach Anthony, as a high school player, we had certain ways that we did things. Well, it was a little different in terms of the procedures, procedures and stuff before a game. We would always, like on a varsity football game, as players, we never got to leave. School's over. You have a few minutes, a little while. You need to be mm-hmm. here at this time, and then we're going to get in our routines. Mm-hmm. Well, in Jonesville, you know, school's over. Road. Everybody walk down the road. We're going to the cafe. Go to the cafe <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. I'm sitting like, all right, guys, what's going on? Where, where are the kids going? They're not, he's like, they'll be back in a little while, Coach. We're good. Yep. Just, just <laughs> different and learning different things and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I enjoyed it so very much and, and still see lots of the students that I taught 20 years ago at Jonesville and seeing them at, you know, the ballparks in Union with their kids playing, you know, Dixie Youth Baseball or basketball and all that kind of stuff. That's really, really neat. So I really enjoyed my time there. Yeah, I, the only thing that I hate, you know, once the transition happened was, you know, just like what it did to our community there. Yeah. Um, even now, like I ride by the high school sometimes, I'm like, man, that's, we had some good times over yeah. here. But it's like, man, what if, you know, we could have stayed open. But, yeah. you know, it's just like now it's kind of like almost like even when I had Gump on and we were talking about it, it's almost like a ghost town. Now it's like it's not much really going on now mm-hmm. because, you know, a lot of the businesses help 
it helped businesses thrive like on those Friday nights when we had those football games and you had visitors coming in yeah. and the people from home coming out to support and it helped keep those restaurants those people's grocery yes sir like had had kept all, all of that open but now it's like now that it's not there it's kind of like you know it was it, it was a difficult time and mm-hmm. you know I, I a lot of people don't know this I get a lot of I have kind of the whole perspective being playing at Union and graduated from Union High School coaching at Jonesville for the last four years that it was a high school. My wife actually graduated from Lockhart High School. Oh, I didn't and, know that. Yes, okay. sir. And so her, mo- her mother, which is my mother-in-law, was a secretary down there for many years. So, you know, I have the full range of perspective. And it was a difficult time, and, and it was difficult for everybody. And how how did she feel about – sorry not to cut you off, but how no, did she fine. feel about, you know, that transition going that her school was, yeah. you know, yeah. being consolidated? Mm-hmm. And she was teaching at Union at the time. And so she's she's teaching as well. She te- she teaches at the high school now, Union County High School, as an English teacher. This would be, okay. you know, she's been there quite some time. It, it's difficult. It's sad because you see your school, and you know, even for me, graduating from Union, it's different because even though the building looks the same and the colors are the same, it's still different because it's Union County High School, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things that I've always tried I've tried to do, and it's hard, um, is that. Progress is difficult a lot of times, and you know we need to learn to grow from it. And it's difficult. And we're Union County, yep. and and I want to see us grow and prosper. And and when we talk to the students that are at Jonesville uh, Elementary School, Middle School now, and we talk to the students that are at Sims Middle School now, you know we tell them you know enjoy yourself, but. Well, we, we're all Union County. We're all working together mm-hmm. to improve everything. It is difficult because, it, like you said, every once in a while I'll ride up 18 and ride down and see it, and it's like, man, it, it's... Yeah. But I'm glad to see that the building's being used. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's different, but it's different. I know it's different from somebody that's a lifelong resident and, and stuff right. like that, but, you know, I, I hope that that investment in those facilities will help that community grow even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even for me now, like... And there's no knock to you into anything like that because that's where I graduated from. Sure. But even now, like, because I'm born and raised and that's where I started at, like, if people ask me, like, where I'm from, I always say Jonesville. That's right. I, I say I'm from Jonesville. It's, like, near uh, Union County, and it's crazy. I tell, I tell people this all the time, you know, even when I'm out traveling, if I'm in Atlanta or doing interviews or Charlotte or across the country in California, I would say I'm from Jonesville, South Carolina, and they say I say it's right near Union. They say where is that at? I say it's like it's right beside Union. And you know, first thing they say is Susan. That's what Susan Smith had. Yep. That's the first Isn't thing. That yeah. yeah, and that's that happened when I was in high school. Mm. I was a freshman in high school, and and it's it's but that's what lots of people remember and yeah. relate to. But like I don't even really because I was born in '92, so I don't really re- yeah. even remember the whole thing. Yeah. I just know it. I just history like that's what happened there but anytime I go anywhere else people would say that's, that's right. the first that's you know mm-hmm. and, it, and that's sad it is sad because mm-hmm. you know we we have we have a good community and, and really? where mm-hmm. we where I live at still now uh, I, I love being there if I didn't I wouldn't be there and mm-hmm. I, I, I think that the future's bright there's lots of things going on I think are going to make Union County mm-hmm. uh, uh, grow and prosper and uh, I'm excited about the kids and the young people there because my family are there. Mm-hmm. Still, you know, you know it's you know all for some reason negativity always thrives. Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask you about this as well because I know you you've probably seen this before, and I've seen it on my timeline. Or people say it all the time. People will say things like, "In order for you to make it, like you have to get out of union to to make it." For some reason, I don't know why. And I to me, I never want to bash where I'm from. You know, I'm I'm thankful for where I come from. I I never bash you know the, the town that I'm from. 
But when you hear people say stuff like, in order for you to make it, I, you need to get out of Union or Jonesville or whatever, or Union County, how does that make you feel? It's disappointing and frustrating. Um, and my wife and I have talked about this a good bit, that you know, if people that are striving for success all leave, then what do you have left? And, I, I, and that's one of the mm -hmm. things that really have impressed upon us, number one being our family, because my parents and my wife's parents and siblings, we all would live in Union County still, other than my brother who lives in Powersville. So we're close-knit, family's big for us, but we want to be a part of the process or investment or however you want to say it to help Union grow and improve and things like that. And it's frustrating, but I, I, I get it, I get it, I do. Um, because some opportunities that you know you might have in other places, especially for young people and even career-driven people in certain fields, um, mm -hmm. might not be there right just now. And over the last 25 years, with you know textile mills closing, and I tell my students a lot: when I was growing up in the 1980s, and even in the 1990s, it wasn't uncommon for someone to finish high school, go to work at one of the multiple textile mills in Union County, as an 18, 19-year-old kid, mm -hmm. uh, you know have a good job, work their way up through that particular company or whatever, and stay there 35 or 40 years, have a nice family, success, all that kind of stuff. That's very difficult to do now because of the times that have changed. You know, all of the mills have been closed for many years now. Um, and so that's, that's one of the things that I think, and what little bit that I've kind of kept up with it as best I could, that we're can we're really working towards investing in some new companies and new industries. I mean, somebody knows something because mm -hmm. lots of new houses are being built. Yep. New new restaurants. So many people moving this way. Yes, sir. It's crazy. And and it, part of it's gonna be some of the growth and sprawl coming from Spartanburg and other things like which is cool because that's only gonna help Union County improve and grow better. And I think the future is is heading in a very positive direction. Like I, I understand at times like like you were saying like with certain careers, like you have to like relocate. But on top of all of that, I'm always saying, you know, don't bash the city that you're from or the town that you're from. Because when you do that, even the, the younger kids that's growing up, you're already planting in their mind, like, yeah. man, I don't have a shot of making it anywhere. Right. Like, I need to leave out of here to just so I can make it. So that's why I'm always like, you know, don't knock the city where you're from. Like, help them, help them. Even if you have to relocate and do what you have to do, maybe you can come back bring some resources yes, but sir. never like tear down the town that you're from because the people that's looking up to you when they hear you say those type of things they are the first thing in their mind is like man in order for me to make it i got to leave home and i don't want to come back here mm -hmm. just so i can you know you know make it that sounds very very similar to something that i tell most of my classes every single semester mm -hmm. that you know if the world is open the opportunity is there but remember where you come from uh, and everything. And it's not all the good things that, that come from Union County, even some of the things that are stressful or anywhere, wherever you're from. It's not just Union County, it's anywhere. It's anywhere. You know what I mean? Yep. It's anywhere. In bigger places, it's more magnified. There's more stuff to it. Um, and then in smaller communities, it's it's even more magnified because, like you said earlier about being at John High School, everybody knows everybody. Yep. And you remember, like, you do something, everybody knew about it before David was over with yep. because everybody, and yep. stuff like that. So, you know, to see people and students i had I had a couple that came back jamarcus rice and his wife came back yep, a couple of weeks ago you know and he does a great job with um dj humphrey's a place for the cardinals mm -hmm. and they invest in the community with their program that they do right um 
and he just contacted me and said, Coach, he said, what can we do to help out with the team? We would love to bring some things and some waters and stuff like that. And they did. I said, you know, we're here. You just when we're here, pretty much the same time when you play, buddy. We're right. still rolling. And uh, they, it was great. It was great to see him come back and say, look, I, I love seeing this and investing. And that was awesome. And, and even, like you say, even when you travel, um, even if you go – like I was in Flint, Michigan, uh, back during, right around Memorial Week, and I had a friend that throw, throw – he goes back home to, you know, throw an event for his mm -hmm. um, hometown. Mm -hmm. And even when I go up there, I'm like, I don't, really, I didn't really feel out of place because I'm like, it's kind of like a small town like Jonesville, so I, I felt right at home. But even the people there, they were like, man, we can tell you not from here because you sound so country. That's exactly right. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm, I was like, I'm from Jonesville, South Carolina, yeah. man. It's like a, it's a small town, but I, I love where I'm from. And I'm like, man, we, we got a lot of stuff in common. It's like, I don't see too much of a difference between where y'all are from and where I'm from. That's I mean. Right. But it's like I'm from a small town, and like whatever I do, I'm not gonna just tear down. That's like, exactly right. Tear down where I, my city. I'm proud as can be because it's it's my family. It's where my mm -hmm. family's from. It's my home, and it has been for for 42, almost 43 years now. And unless something changes in an unforeseeable future, uh, it's gonna be until we something changes. Absolutely. So let, let's let's talk about the, the transition going from Jonesville and going over to Union. When you when you talk about Union and and the and the, the tradition of just like Union County like football, like what what does that mean to you? Uh, it, it's so important. And from the championship at Jonesville, uh, you know, a championship program at Jonesville, I was very fortunate when I was there to be a part of two region championships and and so forth. But and Jonesville won a state championship in football in 1990. Uh, Lockhart won a state championship. If I'm not, if I remember, Chris, 1972 might have been 1971. If it's not uh, one of those two years, I might be a little off, and I apologize mm -hmm. if I am. Um, and then in Union High School had won five, 1995, um, 99, 2000, and 2002. So they went on a pretty good little run mm -hmm. there. I was fortunate enough to be a part of the 1995 team, and to be a part of that was special. And I was a sophomore. Um, with great, great teammates. But that championship of our county, in county football, if you would, Union County football, is so important that we instill in our players to strive for. Mm -hmm. and, and I've been at Union County now since the consolidation year in 07, uh, on again and off again within the district, and had the opportunity to play, to coach that first team in 07 that Joe was a part yeah, of. It was Upper State. Yes, sir. Yeah. We were Upper State in Chester and they. I mean, we had a great team mm -hmm. bringing that group together, and it could have happened with a better group of kids from mm -hmm. Union Lockhart Jonesville and all those kids coming in and the coaches working together too from Union Lockhart Jonesville right. because you know, it was weird for me because there I am working and coaching at Jonesville, coming back to teach and coach at Union County, all right, in, in a different role and right. being in a building with lots of teachers that, that taught me. And so mm -hmm. that was very unique. But anyway, it was a really cool year to be a part of. But from that team, and in 2012, when Coach Tanya Hill was here, Coach Tanya Hill played for a state championship that year, so they won the upper state. And then in 2018, uh, we played for the upper state championship against Chester again, and, and we come up a little short. But just to be a part of that, I'm proud of. And we, we're still mm -hmm. striving to, to build that back up, you know, uh, to that level to where we're going to be competing and playing for those again. Right. That, that's, that's what it's about. Yeah. How, how much has the game changed since the times that we were there when we first started until now? Like, I know it's got to be a lot of things, like even with realignment or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. I think they have up to like 5A That's now correct. in football. Yep. Yep. How much has changed in high school football now? In terms of the, the alignment of it, when, when I first came in, you had four divisions with 4A being the largest classification, and then you had a group called the Big 16, which were the 16 largest schools in 3A, 2A, 1A. Around about that time, 
with 4A being split into two divisions, then 1A was split into two divisions with the lower lower A and, and the higher A, mm-hmm. all right? And if I'm not mistaken, that was like right at the end before consolidation towards the end of Jonesville's tenure. Um, and then they split 2A. So as we get on into the 2000s, and early, I mean 2010s roughly, I guess it was probably about 15, um, every division in high school football in the state of South Carolina was split except for 3A. And so they reorganized this stuff in the high school league. So are we going to go five, four, three, two, one? And so there's just one state championship for each level. So that's been that's mm-hmm. been a change since I started. Um, you have a lot of infusion of your charter schools and and some of those types of schools um, that have kind of changed the game. You remember we were at Jonesville Christ Church in South Carolina Christian, mm-hmm. and so that's changed a little bit in some of the stuff that goes in, in with all of that. Uh, with the divisions and numbers and stuff. So that's been a little different the last few years. Um, and then just the, the the game itself and the time. Because you remember a lot of times at Jonesville, we would work out three or four days a week, come in at what, eight or whatever it was, and by 10 or 10.30 we'd be finished and go maybe go throw a few seven-on-sevens here and there. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, a, a little more time, I guess, and a little bit. And then throughout the year, um, they have changed some of the times when you can actually work football stuff and not work football stuff. Right. And if you have a class in school that's a football class, you can do it. So some of that stuff's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the type, you know, the games, uh, the speed of the game and the way it's played a little bit. It, it used to be when I was coming through many, many years ago, uh, you line up, you smash mouth, run the ball to people and play action and get the ball out to your wide out so it could run and all that good stuff. And you didn't see as, lot, uh, as many complex coverages Com- defensively. Mm-hmm. And, and stuff you go, you know, you go into a game and you're gonna get cover one, cover three, or you might get, you know, forty if it's a long yardage situation. And now the game's played, you know, hundred yards, spread fifty three. I mean, you got to go all yeah. over. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a horizontal game, a vertical game, uh, but I still firmly believe in the physicality of the game. Right. That the teams that are the most, and you, there's multiple ways to do it. I mean, a lot of these spread teams, everybody's like, oh, they spread and throw it all over. So you, a lot of these teams, they spread people out, but they're going to pop you in the mouth mm-hmm. uh, on offense and defense. And I, I still believe that that's, football comes down to, you know, running football, whether it's getting the ball out fast to a playmaker, wide out, defending the run, and limiting turnovers. That's such a huge part of the game. When, when it's time to, you know, make rules for uh, for the high school league, whatever, do they ask the coaches, like, your input of, like, they, what kind of rule changes yeah. would you like yeah, to our see? Our coaches association um, has uh, different committees and stuff that can propose and have proposed uh, different rule changes and things like that. One of the big things of late and was the, is the eight-quarter rule where if – Like the JV like kids. JV kids playing yeah. varsity. You remember, because when you were coming through the JV kids, you could play on Thursday night – and then on Friday, you might be a backup on Friday, you got to dress. Mm-hmm. And so they changed that. And a lot of that did with the concussion and stuff like that, which is extremely, extremely important. And mm-hmm. that's the number one thing to help these, these players and students and stuff like that. So there was a proposal in which these, uh, the committee of uh, the coach association, I'm pretty sure it was, had done some research and stuff like that and proposed a few tweaks and stuff like that. And they voted to kind of keep it the way it is. The eight quarter rule is not existing. So if a kid plays on Thursday night, then they can't play on Friday night. Week okay. to week, week to gotcha. week, and based off of player safety and player health and all that kind of stuff. What 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 would you say like if you had a chance, you know, offer uh, input or something else that you would like to see um, recommend to the high school league? Like, what kind of rule would you like to implement? I I really was 
pretty intrigued with the with the rule that they had proposed in terms of a lot of states with the, with the players in terms of playing the eight quarters, six quarters, I think what it was, if I remember correctly. It was last year, year before last, six quarter rule. A lot of states start their week instead of starting it on Monday, start it on Friday. In other words, so like if you get into a game in a situation, you got a 10th grader that somebody gets hurt during the week and that 10th grader's got to play on Friday night. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm telling you this correctly. So then that starts their week. So as the next week, they can't play Thursday night on JV or mm. something along those lines. So okay. that was an interesting take on it. That so if they got hurt Monday, that, they yeah, could play. Something like that. I don't think that's to what we proposed. That was like another state. But they also, that six-quarter rule, that it, you know they could play six quarters in a week. So if they go play the whole JV game on Thursday, that's four quarters, just say it doesn't go in overtime or anything like that, then they'd be available to be like a backup on Friday night. Because if anybody okay. would be starting a kid on Thursday night and playing them a whole game and then turn around with the intention of playing them you know, all Friday right. night. That's a, lot. That's a lot of football in two days, and it's not very smart, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. All right, and so that was something. And in in a lot of places, and I'm sure it's extremely difficult at a one A school that doesn't have quite as many numbers. Right. So they play both sides. Yeah, they play both they, sides yeah. and stuff like that. And then a lot of times here for, with us in the last several years, I had a, a young man as offensive lineman. He played center for me, and as a tenth grader. And it happened to a quarterback a couple years ago, too, that I just – he was my backup center. He was the best kid that I had. And he basically, most of that year, was a special teams kid and would be would come in at the end of games when needed to be. So that game-type development wasn't quite there out of necessity because he needed to be there in case my center gets hurt, he's got to go play. Right. And so that that's kind of been an issue to kind of building depth Development on that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I could play him down on Thursday and he could play and all that stuff. And on Friday, my center gets hurt and, and what we, we're we in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> we're in trouble. And, we, and trust me, and we tried finding all these different kids and listen, it just, he was the best guy. I mean, mm-hmm. it, and that was a situation that happened with a quarterback uh, situation a few years ago where I had a young man who was a 10th grader that was my backup on varsity and he was limited in his reps and game reps because. You know, that situation. Right. And and I understand. I mean, I'm not being negative about it because I understand why we're doing it. It's the safety and the health of our players. players. And that's the most important thing, rule number one. And that's, you know, in our program, with our head coach, Coach Thompson, our AD, Coach Sherbert, that's number one. Mm-hmm. As kids, we want to make sure our kids are taken care of, they're safe and healthy and all that good stuff. But Is it harder today in today's game to get players to buy into what you're doing? Because now it's one thing when you have the outside noise from, like, family and friends, but now – they have uh, social media that's involved with us now. Like when we were when we were growing up, social media was around, but it was not like it is now. We didn't have Instagram. Had I mean, message boards back when yeah. you were coming through. That's what it was. <laughs> so now you know these kids come in and they have thousands of followers, hundreds of thousands of followers before they even hit college or whatever level that they get to. Um, so is it harder to for ki- to get kids to buy into you know the system of what you guys preach now? Sometimes, uh, sometimes not. I tell you, this past that right now with a group of players we have working out the summer, they've mm-hmm. been great. Uh, it, it that's something I should have mentioned. You tell me how the games change. That's huge because when I was coming through twenty five years ago, you'd get the recruiting magazines and and go buy them and see what it was. And now, you know, if a kid goes to a camp, then it's bang, instantaneous, you know, and which is great because it gets kids all kind of exposure. Sometimes it, it can create a sense of false prosperity, maybe. Yeah, entitlement. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. To a point that, all right, well, I went to this camp, so now I'm going to get 15 offers. 
And I've I've been to seven on sevens and even sometime around different places you hear a kid talking about how I got these men. And that's something to be proud of. And that's something that if that's what you want to do to strive for, because at the end of the day, whatever's the most important thing is success for that kid to me mm-hmm. is give it an opportunity to go play, but to have your education paid for. Absolutely. I mean, that's it. Oh, yeah. And then to go back to your question, that it, it does. And see kids <laughs> before a game, like, video and you say, yeah. like, what the world? <laughs> and it's, it's just one of them things and, and that, that is different. And it's frustrating and it's the world. And I'm sure there are certain places that, you know, coaches don't let them do it and that's all well and good. But sometimes standing firm on what you believe in and how you want to do it, but also giving them a little adaptation to what they enjoy too. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we go out on the field now before Friday nights so we get there a little early. And I got this from a former co- a friend of mine that coached with us a year go on the field and let you know linemen go out there and go throw passes and stuff like we call it recess just go be kids enjoy yourself all right then here's our schedule when that's over with it's go time and and that's been very beneficial for us you know Mm -hmm. what i mean but the social media aspect but being fortunate where where i'm at at union county we haven't really had a lot of that that it's there they tweet their stuff and all that stuff or instagram their stuff Mm -hmm. it's there but it, it hasn't been a big issue just because the character of our kids are pretty right. good. And I'm sure it's a big place, and, and it, it might be a lot of issues with mm-hmm. some coaches. You know, I think, and I'm not, you can't knock the, old, the the guys who have made it to the professional level, but when you go out there and you see guys like an Odell Beckham, one-hand catch or, oh, yeah. and stuff like that, so these kids see this and they think, man, in order for me to get to that level, I need to go out there and have a highlight reel or one-hand yeah. snag or this yeah. type of stuff. But you got to – it's good to remind these kids, like, these guys are professionals. They've already made it. You, you're trying to get to where they are, but, you know, you have to, you know, understand the, the game and, you know, mm-hmm. be um, learning the technique and everything. Absolutely. But it's like when you see this type of stuff, when you see some kids in high school having hundreds of thousands of followers already, mm-hmm. it gives them a sense of entitlement and make them feel like they've already made it. When you still have a, a long way to go. So that's – that's you got a whole thinking. other X factor in it now with the NIL stuff going on with exactly. collegiate athletics. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's such a new thing that yep. that has changed the game in terms of where kids go to college. Right. And I was going to ask you that, like, mm-hmm. what, are, what are your thoughts on NIL? I think I understand that they should be, you know, compensated for their abilities and their talents. Mm-hmm. I worry a little bit about it devaluing the education aspect of collegiate athletics. That, that's my thing, because just like we were talking about earlier, how important is the education? How important is that tool, that, that, those skills to have, even if it's a piece of paper that says, mm-hmm. I earned this degree from right. here and this, to set yourself apart from somebody else that's looking for the same thing. And that's, that's my big concern about it, that it's devalued. And I think it's kind of like a, a crazy storm all at one time because in collegiate athletics, not only did you get NIL coming through where they could be compensated for their, their images and stuff like that, but also you got a transfer portal. It's, it's, it's hey, crazy. let's go. And it's almost like free agency yeah, now. Yes, sir. And here at college, coaches talking about having not only to go out and recruit high school players, but also recruit your own team to stay. That's and crazy. My yeah. concern and worry is two things in the high school level. Is it going to devalue the recruitment of good high school football players? Not your grades, not your five stars and all that stuff. I'm talking about good high school football players that could go to, you know, a D1AA school or FCS, whatever they call them now, um, to go play and have a successful career. 
but they know they can get, oh, I, I know this kid's going to leave and I can go after him and get him, and it's going to take away an opportunity for a high school kid to go play college football. Yeah. That's my big concern about yeah. it, more than anything else, the transfer portal and NIL stuff. Yeah, like I said, it was it's almost like free agency now. It's like mm-hmm. the, these kids now are going to, like, the highest bidder. Like, I'm, I'm all for the guys, you know. Sure you know, making some kind of money because as a as a student athlete, they don't have an opportunity to go work, you know, yeah, take care especially of Especially at some of the smaller schools. You know, lots exactly. of these bigger yeah. schools, you go to SEC school, ACC school, something like that, lots of that stuff is provided for and, and they have great opportunities. And I know it's not the type of money and opportunity they could get on the NIL stuff, but you get a kid that goes to say at a smaller school that's out there grinding just to be able to play football and, and to get, get their degree and all that kind of stuff. It, it's different. Yeah, it is. And I'm I'm like, man, like it's like like you were saying, well, like these kids go to school, they don't like they don't like the way things are going. Yeah. So then they just automatically jump into the portal and try to get somewhere else. I remember seeing Coach Prime, uh Dion was was uh, he was on a it's some video that I saw online and he said he was trying to recruit one kid and the kid said just, Hey coach, let's just get down to business. Like he was just talking about like what kind of deals they were gonna yeah. offer, already offer me. And Coach Prime just told me, he said, I'm sorry, like you're not the young t- type of young man I'm looking for. We're just mm-hmm. we're trying to teach you the game of football and the game of life and he said we're just no longer interested. Yeah. So now kids are already just looking at the money instead of, you know, like what's the best situation for them. So they just wanna go and it's not all the kids, yeah, but I and, I, and I get it because some of them come from less fortunate mm-hmm. backgrounds, so they want to be in a position where they can take care of their families. Yeah. But I don't think all the money should be valued on all the you should value everything just yeah. on the money. Just I think look there's at the situation. a way that they could look at it too to maybe try to adjust it. And just hearing some colleges, and I, I really haven't kept up with it a lot. Just usually the big stuff you know, on mm-hmm. social media and stuff right. like that. That. You know, it's it's hard to me in my mind, and I'm you know me, Carl, I'm old school, I'm I'm mm-hmm. different, and I'm not in this <laughs> new wave stuff. I guess it, you know, you get a kid that's coming in fresh out of high school, they, they, it's like an NFL draft pick. You get number one overall pick, they get paid all this money for their slot value. It's before they put this new CBA together, they got all this money up front. Mm-hmm. What motivates them? You know, you get a kid that comes in as a freshman and he got NIL deals. Is he going to be motivated to go be that guy? Exactly. You know, is there a way? Is there a way to regulate that a little bit? To all right, you know, IL stuff is for proven guys, and I think some colleges that may have been a little more successful with the results so far have done that to a certain mm-hmm. extent. You know, to a certain extent. And even with the the transfer portal, I think they got to figure out a way to kind of regulate that as well. Maybe I'm if you want to leave one time, okay, yeah. that's fine. But then if you just keep going from team to team or, yeah. or finding out who's going to offer you the most money, then I, mm-hmm. to me that's going to be kind of like a problem. Like I said, it's like free agency yeah. almost, and it's like are these kids really in it for the right reason? Like I said, I understand, like, yes, get as much money as you can and, and put yourself in a position to take care of your family, but at the same time, understand, like, the real reason that you, you're there for it, first of all, anyway. One of, one of my favorite parts of playing, honestly, as a, as a player many, many years ago, is being a part of a team. That was one of my favorite parts. As mm-hmm. The 1995 state championship team I was a member of at Union. The seniors on that group and, and one of the guys that's back on staff with us now at Union County is B.J. Little. We've kept up and maintained a relationship for the last almost 30 years because mm-hmm. we were part of that team. And I was a sophomore. Right. But we, we, we went through the grind together in the summertime. We were out there practicing. I was running scout team offensive line trying to block him, and he's an all-state trombone linebacker <laughs> killing me and all that stuff. But that camaraderie, my senior year uh, at Union, 
uh, was Coach Anthony's first year. Coach Anthony came and spoke to our teams at times, and he said, that's my favorite team. And he won three state championships. He said, that's one of my favorite teams, if not my favorite, because you were my first. And we struggled. We struggled together, and we found a way to get it going. We played for upstate championship. And some of those men that are on that team or were on that team are still some of my best friends today. That's my favorite part about it. I mean, it, it's, that's, just I've always, it's not that state championship ring that I got. I mean, being a part of that team, that's awesome. It mm -hmm. is. And there's nothing that it can ever take away from right. you. But, I mean, it's, it's sitting at the house. Yep. It's sitting at the house in a box. Yep. And, and you remember all those sprints and those weights that you lifted with these guys. Absolutely. And so it makes you appreciate those moments yeah. even, even more. As a, as a coach, talk a little bit about some of the things now, you know, as players that we didn't see and some of the things that, that fans don't see that you guys, you know, put into, like, um, building a successful football team. I got you. Uh, a lot of times players, it's, it's remarkable, and they can't believe how much time goes into it as a football coach, even mm -hmm. in high school. Um, you know, a typical week, and you, you hear people talk, but, you know, being – uh, a coordinator or a head coach or stuff like that, you know, a typical week we go in and we play a game on Friday night. And different coaches do it different. I kind of give you a little bit of my schedule. Friday night we'll come home and I'm not – some coaches watch film that game that night. I like to wait, process, sleep on it or try to because I don't sleep very good during the season. <laughs> and then, you know, get up in the morning and I watch film whenever I get up, 5 or 6 o'clock, and then and I got a cutoff time. And I cut off time, I say, I'm done. I'm done for the morning. I'm going to spend time with my kids. We like to go to college football games, you know, spend time with my family. And then whenever I get home that evening, I'll go back to work. And I'll get up early on Sunday, I'll go back to work and watch a film and break it down film. And, and that's what we do. And that's what all the coaches that are in high school football do. And in college coaches too. That's what we do. Um, and then, you know, Monday it's practice and teach, well, you know, teach and practice and all that stuff and doing things with kids. But that's one of the things that the, the amount of time that most people don't realize that gets put in. Uh, the fans, they're looking for the results. Mm -hmm. And that's what they should do. Right. They're looking for the results. Um, the kids, they're looking for the opportunity. They're looking for the fun part. They don't want to practice. They, <laughs> you know, they want to go game. play. They yep. want to go put that jersey on. It. Like we said earlier, take their pictures with their phones and go yep. play. But the prep work, that's, that's a huge part of it that lots of, lots of people don't, don't realize that comes with it. How do you, how do you handle the, the criticism that comes with it? Because, like you say, the fans expect the results. And – when you win, they love you, but when you when you lose, it's always the coach's fault. Like, right. the coaches don't know what they're doing. They're calling the wrong plays, all this stuff. So, how do you handle, like, the aspect of, like, the criticism that comes your way? It comes with the territory. I mean, it does. And you get in this business, it mm -hmm. does. One of the things that young coaches, they get they get a little more fired up about it. And I did, too, as a young coach, when you'd hear it some and stuff like that. It, it's tough. And it's even tougher when you're at home, in my hometown, in my home county. Because right. if we're not successful – not only do I feel like I'm doing a poor job as a coach, but also I feel like I'm letting home down. You right. know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. And if that makes sense. And, and I take it personally because if anybody that takes pride in what they do for a living, I take it personally. Like if mm -hmm. I get back some test scores with the state, like ESC scores are not good, I take it personally because I take pride in what I do. So it comes with a territory. I had a coach one time ask me, Coach, how do you do it? I said, what do you mean? So how do you live here in, in town being from here and we're not as good as we need to be or whatever and go out in town and stuff like that. I said, look, I, I know people, people know me, and if they talk to me, they're going to get the truth. I'm going to be honest with them. And right. if, we, if I caught a terrible game, I'd be like, I should have done this better. And I'm pretty much try to take a lot of pride in being mm -hmm. straight up. It's hard, but it, it's part of it. I, 
my wife talks about it all the time. She's like, I just don't pay any attention. And like being in the stands, that's one of the, you know, just change gears just a little bit. Yeah. At, well, to being a coach's wife, it takes a special, special person. Oh, yeah. And my wife, I wouldn't be sitting here without her. Audrey Robinson is her name. And she, mm -hmm. she's special. And to, to do the things that she does, to sacrifice the time for me to do what I do uh, with our kids. I have a 15 year old and, and a, a, almost 15, it'll be 15 this month, and 11 year old this Man, month. Man, it's crazy. It is. <laughs> it is. Because uh, she was. Probably, did you ever have her when you were at school? I, I didn't. No, okay. I didn't. So when you were in high school, she was pregnant with my oldest. Mm -hmm. And and so for her to do the things that she's done to allow me to do what I do is just so special. I wouldn't be here without her. Mm -hmm. and, and any coach will tell you the exact same thing, that and having her. And it frustrates me when she has to sit up there and listen to it. But right. she's been doing it for so long, she, she just doesn't pay any attention. How do you balance all of that out? When you're speaking about you know your wife, you know mm -hmm. taking care of home, and then of course you're coaching. Like if so, in the season, it's like you say sometimes you may not get as much sleep as you like. You know you you want to win. You got a game plan, but at the same time you have to go home and still be a father and a husband. How do you balance all of that out? It, it's hard for me to not take it home, and I've done it before as a younger coach, and and mm -hmm. I, I I've made it kind of a point to try my very best not to take my frustrations home. And, you know, it gets to a point where you're not very good at anything if you're that frustrated. But it's hard to balance it. But one of the things that I've been very, very fortunate with is to work for head coaches that have prioritized family. To, all right, you got stuff to do here, but when you're done, go, leave. We're not going to stay here all day. You know, we, we, we meet what we need to meet. We're going to mm -hmm. go. Um, you know, if my son's playing a baseball game and – my head coach I work for now, Brian Thompson, is awesome. He's like, look, you go, leave. Offense mm -hmm. will be first, leave, go. Go watch your son play. You know, it's a spring, you know, or to be able to have practice schedules to where we can get finished up in a staff that I know, all right, guys, I'm going to run to the stadium and watch my son play football. Right. That's been awesome. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate and value so much about being at home to work with that family. But being able to manage it, being able to prioritize it and, and – like I said earlier, to have that schedule, whatever works for each individual. Some coaches will stay up all night and do it, get a little bit of sleep. I try to manage it and balance it as best I can. Uh, and my kids are to the age now; they love going to watch college football games. You know, we're we're South Carolina Gamecock fans, and my oldest son, he's like, "Daddy, can we go?" I like we just go two or three a game, you know, two or three seasons. I mean, and I'm like, "Son, if y'all want to go, and I'm gonna try my best, we're gonna try to go because they're only gonna be that age once. They're gonna get yep. to the age here soon. They ain't gonna go nowhere with me. Exactly. I said the same thing. Yep. They ain't gonna want to go anywhere with me. They yep. want to go with their friends and stuff. And then when they get to be older, they be like, "Daddy, you want to go back to the game?" But I'm trying to to manage it and, and, and seize it. It's 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 tiring and frustrating. And uh, I'm a little older now. I ain't got. I used you saying I ain't got as much tread on my tires as I used to. <laughs> but it's fun and it's it's fun. It's what we do. What lessons, as a coach, what lessons do you try to give um, these young men? Um, of course, a lot of them may have these aspirations of you know making it to the professional level. Mm -hmm. And it's very few that do. Um, if you think about it right now, like from the time we were in school up till right now, the only player that I can really think of that's in the pros is Shy. That's correct. And you can throw DJ Humphreys in that's there if you, if you want to. He's got to. some roots. Yeah, he's, yep. Yep, from, I actually from played you. with his dad. Oh, really? I did. Okay. Yep. Sure, he's so, older than me. So when you think about the hundreds of young men, athletes that come through um, there and go, some play, so a, a small percentage of them make it to play at the collegiate level. And then an even smaller level, 
make it to the pros, just name two people. I can't even think of anybody else. Mm -hmm. So what lessons do you try to give these young men when it comes, you know, about football and about life? Well, the thing about the football aspect of it that what you just got through saying the small percentages that do make it to even play college football, much less pro football, mm -hmm. but to enjoy and appreciate the time that you have. Mm -hmm. That's one of the things we use in our Everybody one day is going to take the uniform off. Yep. You know, for me, it was at Daniel High School in 1997 when mm -hmm. we lost an upper state championship game. For others, it's when they play their last collegiate game or when they retire from the NFL. Somebody's going to take it hang it up. Yeah, it's, it's going to happen. Even Tom Brady. That's it. Believe it or not. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, to appreciate it, enjoy it. And if you want to work to achieve and strive to that goal, to be a college football player, to be a professional football player, you need to look and see what it takes to do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I saw a thing on Twitter one day recently of a college camp, like preseason football camp. And from 6 a.m. until 10 a.m., their entire day was planned out. Where they were going to be, what they were going to be doing, and very little of it was downtime. Are you willing to be that dedicated? And to mm -hmm. take pride in what you do and everything that you do. Like Coach Thompson, our head coach now, talking about every day is an interview. Take pride in what you do. And one of my biggest things, and one of my biggest things that I try to teach my students, my players, take pride in being on time. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Yep. I, I, that's one of my big no stickers. Yep. My big stickers. I stickered was, well, you know, you be on time because you might, every once in a while, you might oversleep, something come up, it's that, but these people that are habitual, like, I can't stand that stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't stand it. And, that, and, it that's, and it translates over to everything yes, that they do, even yes. in the real world. Yeah. Like, at a young age, you build those habits of thinking, yeah. well, even if you're a great player, well, I can get away with this because I'm a great player or anything. Mm -hmm. So when I get to the real world, I can still do the same thing. And it doesn't work that way. And you see a lot of times you talk about the great players, they might be the best player in high school and up and down all over the place. And then they go to college somewhere that they've been courting you and touting you and how great you are. You go and then, all right, you want 80 of them. Mm -hmm. They're all good. Yep. What's going to set you above? And that's another thing. What will set you above everybody else that you're competing for the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not to kill those kids' dreams, no. but at the same time, you have to understand, like, it's a small percentage that makes it yeah. to those levels. But like you were saying, for me, I would definitely tell those kids the same exact thing, you know, appreciate the moment that you're in. Because, Coach, I tell you now, like, when, you, when we're young and we're in that moment, like, we don't really understand, like, how special that moment yeah. is. And I would just tell these kids, you have to enjoy that moment because the team that you're on right now, It'll never be the same again, whether it's guys graduating, coaches leaving for different endeavors, mm -hmm. your training staff. Everybody's not going to come back that next year, whether it's some guys on the team that just don't want to play football anymore. So enjoy that moment because right. when you're in it, you really don't understand like how special that moment is. And then once it's over and all these years pass, you look back like, man, we did have some good times. Yes. And, or you wish you would have did this or you wish you would have did that. But mm -hmm. enjoying that moment and not trying to rush to any type of level of fame or success. And even for me now, like sometimes, you know, doing what I'm doing, sometimes I have to like check myself sometimes like, man, I wish I was doing this mm -hmm. or I wish I was there. But I'm like, I have to like humble myself. Like, look, remember, where you, look where you are now from where you were right. like after graduation. So it's like appreciate those moments because once it's over with, then that's it. Like yeah. you said, you don't get those moments back at all. And that's one of the things, too, to kind of cap on top of that is just to be realistic. You know, be realistic. Always strive to best to be your best and be beyond your best as much as you can. But be realistic, too. Mm -hmm. You know, you got a kid that's out there and just for anybody, like me, I use myself. I come through high school, I was six foot five by the time I was a senior. 
and, you know, 265 pounds offensive lineman. I wasn't going to go to the NFL and play wide receiver, you know, or I wasn't going to go and, and play basketball and go into the NBA because mm-hmm. I can't shoot and can't play basketball. I foul out every time. But just to be realistic and, you know, be the best as you can be at what you're doing. Like if you're a scout team player, be the best scout team player. we got Absolutely. a kid right now in our program that – if we're running scout team for our defense and I put him out of position, I need you to do this, do this, he's going to go out there and bust every time, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it. And he's not in the starting rotation right now, but he might be. Mm-hmm. You know, go run scout team defense. He does it. And I appreciate the fact that that kid will do what we're asking to do to make us a better program with the opportunity to, to you know, propel himself into a contributor position. When it comes to sports, why do you think some guys, even, even high school, it could be some high school athletes, but why do you think some guys kind of like – lose themselves like after whenever they're playing days is whether it's in the high school level the collegiate level um professional football you see it at those times as well it's like it's almost like football is just their they're consumed by football so that's like their identity that's all that they know why do you think some some players uh get lost in you know that being their identity a lot of times like that's their passion so much. Like you said, they don't have anything else that they're overly interested in. And then when it's over, they just kind of like, all right, what do I do now? And I guess in a roundabout way, I was talking about it earlier, whenever I was at home and I wasn't in my usual routine during the 2020 spring and summer, I was like, wow, what am I, you know, just to find something. You know, that's a great question. I don't really understand because I guess Mm -hmm. it's like, you mentioned Tom Brady earlier, he finally retired, but he came back because he was just so lost because that's what he had done for, you know, yeah. however long, 35 years of his life <laughs> in some capacity. He's like, man, I need to go play some more because I'm just so out of my element. And I'm speaking to the choir because, you know, I, I feel uncomfortable when I'm not doing what I'm used to. And that's one of the things that a lot of people have a hard time stepping out of that comfort zone to try something different. Like like even doing this, it was like, okay, this is, yeah. this is different because, you know, most of the time I'm the one just in the back, you know, talking to people over there not in front of this deal. And so – that's really a good question. That to, to find to try to be as, in my opinion, I guess, and advice would be to be as well-rounded, because you know you get a kid like Tim, for example, in high school. They play football, they play basketball, and they don't play anything else, and they're just they're okay grade-wise, but as long as they got to stay eligible to play the two sports, and then whenever the season's over with, because they don't have that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and if they're an underclassman. Maybe they're going to do enough at the end to stay eligible so they can play next year. A lot of times, unfortunately, upper class or seniors, they'll, they don't, they don't press on because, right. oh, well, I've done what I came to do, and it's unfortunate. Right. And one thing it's like, almost like football is just yeah, like, that's all that's, they have. Yep. That's why they come to school. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's unfortunate. And, and we as coaches at Union County, and I say this, we have a young man recently – in the last few years, it was kind of like that. And our coaches, from football to basketball, all of them, all of them stayed on top of it. They were like, you know, come on, you just what you need to do. That's what you want to do. So mm-hmm. I, I, hopefully, everything will stay. He gets straightened out there and finish up. Why do you? Uh, how instrumental are you when it comes to the uh, the recruiting process? When when young men, you know, finally start having offers you know, mm-hmm. come in, like how instrumental are you as far as like you know talking to them about the recruiting process. Right. Uh, coach Thompson, our head coach, handles a lot of that. I'm involved with it, especially being the la- the first few years being already on staff and knowing a lot of the players as well. But I appreciate the fact that he's kept me in, you know, included in that. And talking to the kids, I got in terms of the kids, my biggest thing with them is comfortability and fit. Do they offer the education that you're looking for? 
Mm-hmm. So I don't. I mean, if he wants to go play ball, that's great. But I don't want you to go play ball, and if you go to a school where you got to take out a loan or something, because you might not get a full ride. Because a lot of these lower level schools, it's academics pieced together with some athletics right. because they're limited in the number of scholarships. Mm-hmm. Um, are, do you feel comfortable? Do you like it? Education wise, do they have what you want? So you're not just going to go play and then all oh, you get a degree later on, all right? And is is it going to be financially affordable for you in the long run? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's important. That that is Super huge. Important. We yeah. had a young man many several several years ago that had an opportunity to play at school. And it was a private school, so it was pretty expensive. He's going to get some money. I said, "This is what you're looking at. If they give you this amount of money, this is what you're looking at. If you go there and you play all four years and nothing changes, because they might could earn more money for their athletic achievements, and nothing changes, this is what you're looking at to owe." And I was like, "Are you prepared to pay back a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt?" That's a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. And he was like, what? I mean, and so, you know, just to never am I going to tell a kid don't go there because of that. But I'm going to be front and center and say this is what you're looking for if nothing changes. It might change because you get more money for this. You might get more money because of Mm -hmm. your athletic achievement and stuff like that. But, you know, that's huge. That's Super important. It's huge. I mean, I can't imagine what it would be like coming out of high school. I mean, coming out of college when I was 22 years old with – $150,000 $150,000 worth that's of debt. That's, that's insane. Even for me, I didn't play uh, ball at the collegiate level, but, you know, for me, when I had to take out some loans for mm-hmm. uh, for school, and my mind, I was 18 19, 18, 19 years old, but when I needed this money for school, like I was, I've been telling people plenty of times before, my guess when they come on is like, being that young, knowing that I needed to borrow money, like, I didn't think about it. I was just in that moment like, man, well, I'll just pay that four years down the line, right. not even realizing mm-hmm. That this money's got to somebody. Gotta, I have to pay this money back. Right. So I'm just steady borrowing money, and even if I needed like an extra thousand dollars in student loans just so I could pocket that, I would borrow the extra <laughs> money. Right. Just feeling yep. like, man, this is free money. Yeah. I'm not understanding that I'm racking up the student loan bill, and this money has to be paid back. Mm-hmm. But when you're young like that, don't you don't really it. understand how all of that works. And I think the state of South Carolina did a great job with this personal finance class that they've added to the curriculum. That's and necessary. I, yeah, that's that's impressive, and it's something that. That I think is going to be very, very beneficial. And, but I also tell students, whether it be a student athlete or a student, in terms, if you want to get the degree, if that's what you want to do, and that's you need that to go into the career path that you want, then is it going to be worth it? And I was like, sure. I mean, you might have to pay it back. You might have to. But can you achieve that degree and that deal, whatever it is you want to do? Because I had to take them out too. And to mm-hmm. get my, my undergrad and my master's to a certain degree, extent. And I couldn't do what I do without a teaching degree, mm-hmm. you know, without my bachelor's degree. And so that was a goal that I needed to achieve. So that was one of the things that I had to kind of plan out and think about. Didn't like it, like you said, right. didn't like it. And But it, it was just one of those things. You just figure it out, pay it, rock and roll, and go yeah, with so it. We got a few more questions okay. and we'll get ready to wrap it up. So I can't remember exactly how many years ago uh, it was, this was, but you were you were in the running um, for you know head coach of Union County. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it didn't go your way, but you still rallied around Coach Thompson when he finally got the opportunity. Like, what did you learn about yourself in that moment when it didn't go your way, but you still found a way to you know embrace Coach Thompson? It, I was disappointed, obviously, um, because it, it's one of those things. Being a head coach would be great. I mean, I think that I could you know, potentially do someone a good job if I ever sought that opportunity again. My biggest thing right then and there was stability for our players. 
I mean, because I had gotten really close. That was a special class, a special group that was going to be seniors that year. Um, I had been through some some adversity in my career as well and mm-hmm. had gotten back to working at the high school and uh, teaching and coaching at the high school. And those kids were going to have their third head coach mm-hmm. in four years. And what really got me was when our head coach at the time resigned, that rising seniors went to my wife in her classroom. It's like, Coach Rob's not leaving, is he? Coach Rob's not leaving, is he? I was mm. like, wow. And that really, you know, and even now, that's been six years ago. Even now, it really is like, wow. And so I put in for it, number one, because I wanted it. But number two, I wanted those kids to know that I was going to be there. I was doing everything I can to stay. Because when you have a coaching change, you don't ever know. I mean, right. you might get re- reassigned within the district or because they want to bring in their people. Um, you know, you, you might – you don't ever know. And so that – was disappointing, but also very gratifying because I had the opportunity with Coach Thompson when he got the job and uh, to sit down and talk to him and meet with him. I said, Coach, I, I would love to stay. I said, and actually it was ironic because as we were doing the interviews, being in the final three, as he was leaving, I was next. And we met for the first time. And I was like, how you doing? And said, you know, if this thing doesn't go my way, Coach, and you get it, I, I'd love to talk to you about the opportunity to stick around. Um, mm-hmm. He said, that sounds good. And just, and he remembered. And so he came in and was interviewing the guys, and he's like, you know, where are you? And I said, Coach, I want to stay. I'm from here. I want these kids to be taken care of and all that good stuff. And he said, well, do you want to be the offensive coordinator? And I'd been a coordinator before, and I was like, Coach, I'll do whatever. You know, I'll coach the offensive line. I'll coach, I'll coach running backs. I'll do whatever, whatever you need to do. And he's like, no. you want to? I said, well, Coach. He goes, no, you tell me. Yeah. I'm like, well, sure. And and so he gave me that opportunity, and, and you know, it it's been great. We've become great friends. He's been awesome to work with. And I don't, I don't feel like I work for him. I feel like I work with him. You right, know? right. And we do a lot of things together and, uh, you know, being supportive of, of he and his family and transitioning, living here in Union. Um, and we've all become very close. And our coaching staff's a family. we got great coaches mm-hmm. and lots of them are from home. And uh, so it, it's one of the things that I'm, I'm proud to still be a part of it. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And, and I've had lots of people tell me how you handled that and, you know, that situation and stuff. I thought, well, what am I supposed to do? I mean, yeah, I'm disappointed, but I want people to – because a lot of people on social media were being very supportive of me, mm-hmm. which I greatly appreciated. Right. But at the end of the day, yeah, it wasn't about me. It was about Union County High School, Union County football, and these mm-hmm. players that are in our program. It ain't about me. I'm just blessed to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And if we're going to hire Coach Thompson, then I want to be a part of it and help make it better. And so that was that was pretty neat. And that's important for the, the players to know because you could have easily, like, you know what, I'm, I'm done with this situation. Don't yeah. worry about it. So the kids are going to look up to you and yeah. see how you handle the situation. And if you embrace them, then the players are going right. to embrace them as well. And so. that goes back to social media. Lots of people, lots of times when things don't go the way they want them to, what's the first thing that they do? They throw a fit. They, they give they up. They tweet. They Facebook. Yep. They Instagram. And it's just that that's not who I'm about. Right. Somebody asked me one time and you know, one of the things everybody knows me, I put stuff on social media, but most of the time it's about three things or four things. It's about Union County, it's about South Carolina game cause, balls of red, some kind of sports stuff. Yeah. Uh, my family or something historically related. And that's about the gist of it. Mm-hmm. And they were like, well, the things that are going on, why don't why aren't you more kind of visible and stuff on social media, blah, blah, blah. Long story short. And I, I called them and I said, here's the thing. 
I don't do that stuff on social media. If anybody wants to know my point of view on things like that, come speak to me and talk to me. And I'll be right. more than welcome to share it with you. My players know where I stand with them, that I love them. To, I love them. If they need me, I'm a phone call or a text message or what. Mm-hmm. And that they reach out to me, we're going to say, we're going to have a conversation. I'm not doing it through all that stuff. Social media. I want the person, like you said, having a podcast here, I want the personal interaction. Face-to-face. Face-to-face. Yep. Because mm-hmm. that's one of the things that we miss in life today. Because of... Yep. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else about <laughs> doing it. I never in a million years would have thought I'd use text messages right. <laughs> like I do. Um, but that's, you know, I want people to know who I am from my, my myself, not from what they see through something else to yeah. a certain extent that's when it comes to that kind of stuff. We mentioned Coach Thompson several times. I want to let you speak on your relationship because I remember, I think I read an article a few years ago where he had a situation where he was going through cancer. And mm-hmm. I think the article in Go Upstate was saying how you even – Offered you know go ride take a ride with him yeah. when he had his chemotherapy. Talk about your relationship with T- Coach Thompson. It, it grew real quick, and he came. He he had been diagnosed with with colon cancer, and I'm sharing things that he shared with the media and things like that. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, like 2015, 2016, and so he fought through that, and battled through that, and had multiple surgeries and chemotherapy. Long story short, went into remission, came to Union County, got a job in the spring of 18, and then he went for a checkup and had a relapse in a different mm. place. And so he started that season, his first year, you know, he's going through treatments and stuff like that, and it was difficult. So, you know, we went through season, just that bond, and my family's been affected by various forms of cancer. Because I used to be the typical, you know, dude, I ain't wearing pink, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. My sister-in-law was diagnosed with breast cancer at a young age in her 30s, and so mm. went through that, grandparents, stuff like that. So I'm at oh, I'm all about it. Let's. Let's put on pink shoes, pink shirts, whatever it, whatever it may be. Anyway, he had to go to a treatment. He was feeling pretty rough. It was very difficult on him. And I was like, hey, you going by yourself? Yeah, I'll be all right. I said, I'm going to go with you. He said, okay, that'd be great. And so I took the day off, rode over there, and hung out with him, and we had a great time. But that that's just what our relationship. We help each other. Mm-hmm. He helps me. I help him, the whole staff. It's just a family. And that's one of the things that I really appreciate in terms of our coaching staff and our athletic department. It's a big family, and, and, and you know that relationship we've developed over the last six years has been awesome. And Absolutely. As, as speaking about goals, you know, would you would you say you know being a head coach is your still like your like a ultimate? Well, I don't want to say ultimate goal because right. there's always things that you can achieve. But would you still say? becoming a head coach is still on your list of goals that you have? One day. I think it could be something that I would like to achieve one day. If the fit was right, I'm not going to take a job just to say, oh, I'm a head coach. I'm not going right. to do it. I, don't, I want to be at a place where I feel like that I can be the most impactful uh, on our, our students, on our student athletes, um, you know, and in the, in the role that I'm in, to be able to, to do that now, I'm very, very happy. Now, one day, would I like to be a head coach somewhere, wherever? Maybe. And it's that's just, what I was going to ask you as yeah. well, is would you consider, if it if that opportunity comes, even if it's not you, I know you're yeah. born and raised here, right. that would be a dream job, but if it does happen, was that something you would take into consideration, you know, going to become a head coach somewhere else? Absolutely. I mean, I would absolutely consider it um, and would be humbled to have an opportunity to, to talk to people that might be interested in me doing it. But at the end of the day, it's got to be the right fit at the right place and be what's right for my family because priority one is going to be my wife and my kids. Mm-hmm. And if it's not something that fits us there as a family, then I, I, 
not want something I want to do, you know, because I want to be there for them and with them. When my kids play sports, like I said earlier, I want to be there. And then sometimes in this business you can't be. But right. being at home and living five minutes away from where school is and being five or ten minutes away from where they're participating in these athletic it's, events, that's, that's huge. That's huge. And I, I don't want to miss that because it's only going to be once. And, and I've been so fortunate to be able to do that. So that's, that's priority number one for me because I don't do this for the money. Obviously, it's my career, and I, I take care of my family for it. I do it because I love it. I do it because I love my subject. I love my sport that I coach. I love our kids and our home. That's, that's why I do it. And I wouldn't do it for free. Right. <laughs> I got bills to pay. <laughs> but at the end of the I love it so much I do it for free. Well, yeah, I got to take care. Coming up, I got to pay a few bills. But, you know, I'm sure that everything's going to work out. I try to just – I try to – Everything happens the way it's supposed to at the right time. I, I really believe that. And Absolutely. even if it ain't what we want at that time, everything will happen the way it's supposed to at the right time. My, my final two questions. If you could give your younger self advice, what would you say? My younger self, some advice, and you'll, you'll get a chuckle out of this probably, try not to sweat the small stuff as much as you do and try to keep your emotions in check when you get frustrated yeah. because <laughs> – as a young coach and as a young teacher, being passionate about what we do, uh, you know, everybody has their own styles and how they coach and things like that. As a young coach, I used to be pretty animated, pretty fiery and stuff like that. And, you know, that's just – and I can still get that way, but it's very yeah. few and far <laughs> yeah. between because they all see me get wound up. They're like, oh, Lordy. But whenever I do it, everybody in the whole place knows it. Right. So to kind of keep your emotions in check, and I'm kind of getting a little check on that because my youngest son, when he, he's very, very competitive, and he'll, he'll do that when he competes. He's very competitive, and you can see it. I'm just like, ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and because I know, I know where it's going. I've been there before. Right. And uh, so that would be a good piece of advice, and just learn as much as you can. And just yeah, take it all in from you working with this coach and you working with this coach, whether it's good or bad. Like one of the guys that works with us, one of my best friends, Coach Langenfield, he says all the time, I work for various head coaches. I've learned something good and something that I don't like as much from all of them. And that's part of life, you know, anything you do. Mm -hmm. And then my final question that I ask everybody, you know, even when I'm on the road traveling, sitting with entrepreneurs across the country, my, my, the last thing I love to ask everybody is what does self-investment mean to you? Self-investment is growing as much as you can and learning as much as you can, having confidence in yourself, mm -hmm. um, believing in yourself that you're doing what you want to do for the right reasons. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's huge in, in terms of that. You know, growing and learning, and I, I've said I've been doing this a long time, I'm learning something all the time, whether it be coaching stuff or teaching stuff, just that's – and believing in what you're doing and having enough courage that if it's not working out, to take a risk. Mm -hmm. And that's another piece of advice for me as a younger guy. Hey, take a risk. See what happens. But in certain ways, going back to what I said too, things work out the way they're supposed to because if I would have went somewhere and played college football, I might not have met my wife mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I might not have ever met you. Right. So you never know. Things take do the way they're supposed to. Yes, sir. Coach, I got a couple of surprises. I'm going to give you the first one real quick. Uh-oh. Um, yeah, you just break it. So this is the first one. Uh, this is the book that I wrote a couple of years ago. Oh, uh, yeah. 
uh, it's been out a couple years. That's right. Um, you, you really got to read it to understand the meaning. Um, but it's titled F School, Life is Your Best Teacher. Yep. Um, I wrote this, you know, in my transition of, you know, working nine to five and, and transitioning to uh, becoming an entrepreneur. Um, but it was just a lot of things that, you know, I always tell people it's great to get your education. But even though it's great to get your education, school doesn't always necessarily give you those life skills. So throughout the book, I just talk about my journey of, you know, high school and going to college and, you know, being on my own for the first time. And the things that I went through is in college and I was just, it's crazy having that freedom and, you know, getting those opportunities with as far as like internships and everything. So throughout the book, you know, I share my journey of like school and entrepreneurship, working jobs, um, fatherhood, everything that is in that book. So I wanted to give you that signed copy. Thank you. Of Thank, you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yes, I'll sir. definitely read it. And the last, the last thing I want to show you real quick, now this is gonna bring back some memories. Uh oh. So I've held on to this for some years, but I'll let you. I'll show it to you, and uh -oh. I'll let you hold it up. It's, it's old and worn That's out. That's right, man. baby. <laughs> but if you remember, oh my goodness, look yeah, at that, Jonesville I Region do. Champs, 2004, 2005. That's it. Yes, sir. So, all done because in spite of the coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so every time, even when That's I clean awesome. out my, even though I clean out my room and I and I'll, I'll throw old clothes away. I've always held on to that because I was like, man, that's, we were part of something that's right there. So that's it. I've always that's held on right. to it. It's, it's old and worn out. That's right. Um, it's tall. I think it's got J O N E. The S is missing, but if you kind of hold it together, yeah. it's missing the S, but it's got the V in the rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the letters. Hey, but those when they get like that, that means they're good. Yeah, they're good they're and good. worn. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I want to know is how the world you get a large. That's a large. I, yeah. I ain't even looking. Hey, you might be one one we had left. But I've always That's held great, on man. to that. So, That's, and I just wanted to be uh, proud of to show you that. I shirt, appreciate man. that. That brings back a lot of good memories. I I actually was cleaning out some stuff in my classroom the other day and pulled out the team picture from one of the region championships. They gave us the plaques and stuff mm -hmm. like that in football. And I still had a picture of that basketball team up there yes, with sir. some of my old stuff. And yes, sir. There was some good ones on there that have all. Turn out to be really good young young men and uh, good fathers and stuff, and that's probably my greatest achievement as a teacher and a coach to see what you guys are doing. Yes, sir, I so Coach Robinson. I definitely wanted to show you that. Thank I love you. it. Thank you for everything that you've done for me personally. Thank you for everything that you do for the students. Um, coach Robinson, I love you. I appreciate you for everything that you've done. So I just wanted to show you that, and I had to Thank give you that gift. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Yes. And, um, very proud of you, and uh, keep up the good work. And like I said, anytime you need me, you know where I'm at. Yes, sir. Yeah. So hopefully everybody enjoyed this episode of the Cross the Line Podcast. Until next time, keep chasing your dreams. Thank you for listening.